All right, so welcome to today's episode of Retail Initiative. I have a super special one. We've been doing these really short ones where I've just been talking to myself for a while and we're, I'm doing one on YouTube. So if you are not listening in your car and you'd rather um, see my face, uh, then you can um, go to our YouTube channel and see this exact same episode there. Um, but I have a really special guest that I'm so stoked to introduce you to. So we're gonna queue up the theme Saw, saw thing, whatever you want to call it, where I talk over some cool hip music and then we'll get right into it. We could also make our own, Josh. We could just sing. Da, 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 da. I love that one. That gosh, that should just replace. We'll just put that on loop and put it over. <laughs> anyway, let's get let's get into the episode. The rules of retail are changing. One by one, corporate retailers are closing their doors and some call it the death of retail. But those rules never apply to independent retailers like us. We're writing our own rules. We're here to answer the questions about how to grow your business, stay competitive, and still have a life. I'm Josh Orr and this is the Retail Initiative Podcast. All right, so today I have a super special guest that I can't wait to introduce you to. Um, her name is Janine Mix. Um, she runs The Complete Boutique, which if you haven't heard of, like right now you need to go to thecompleteboutique.com. Unless you're driving, then wait till you get to where you're going. I, um, gosh, I, I love the stuff that they're doing. They're doing so much to help retailers, and I can't wait to get into that a little bit more. So welcome. I'm glad that you're thank here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and thank you for the awesome intro. You're great. I'm so glad that we got connected on social media. I feel like I have another BFF number three on the Enneagram that I can share my love and passion for retail with. So it's awesome. Thank you for having me. I love it. Yes, we are. If you aren't into the Enneagram, we will do a follow-up episode where all we're going to talk about is Enneagram. Um, so that's going to do one of two things. That's either going to make you have to tune in or you have a friend that every time you do something says, oh, of course you're doing that. It's because you're a three or a four or whatever number you are. Um, I try not to be that person, except with my wife, which I can't <laughs> help. Um, so anyway, um, so a big problem that I see a lot, like I, in the e-commerce space, I talk about all the time that you know, to be successful in e-commerce, it takes, I mean, assuming that your products and your inventory is great, um, that your marketing is on point, that you're reaching your one perfect customer and you're, you're speaking to them um, well through your ads, through your organic social, whatever, and that's driving traffic. We need to get people on your site and we need to convert those people into buyers and then we need to keep them coming back. That's retention. Um, and you have this funnel that you're pushing people through that's effective and that's e-commerce. Um, now, it looks a little bit different in brick and mortar, and I think um, a lot of you hear me talk about that for e-commerce, and you probably get frustrated because you're like, hold on a second, I have traffic, I have people coming in, um, and you're telling me I need more. And so, Janine, like, why I wanted to talk with you is, you know, as much as like, I think I do talk to people about how to increase traffic, that's not like your... That's not your not thing. I know. <laughs> it's totally not my thing. Most people know I hate the word foot traffic. And I think what you're doing on the e-commerce is a, a totally different thing. And I think that's another thing is like, if you have a brick and mortar store or you have an online store or you have both, you have to treat them very differently. The way people shop is differently. Everything about the transaction is different. It's like having a different storefront, right? But For this sure. idea of 
foot traffic um, as far as your brick and mortar, this whole concept of foot traffic to me is a completely outdated like uh, concept because it relies heavily on luck. Who's got the day off? Who has endless time to walk nine to five and walk by your store and hopefully be caught by the beautiful window display and come in, right? So for me, just the concept is so old and outdated because the way that people are shopping is changing. You know, we hear this in the retail industry all the time. It's like retail's dying. Um, it's not. Um, it's changing. It's going through a revolution and we have to adapt. But sitting there hoping and crossing your fingers that someone walks into your doors is uh, not the right strategy. I think what you do too is you teach people to drive traffic to the site, right? Well, yes, absolutely driving more people through marketing into your doors can be super beneficial. But I start at the ground level of, okay, but if you can't convert those people, if you can't actually sell to those people without being salesy, without being pushy, really true, truly through an authentic relationship, then it doesn't matter how much foot traffic you're going to get. If you have five people who walk in your door right now that you can't convert, if, if you go and spend thousands of dollars on marketing to get more people in your store, it, it's, uh, to me, it's a gamble. It's like throwing the dice and the bigger the number, hopefully the bigger the sale. I'm more of how can we get a sale out of everybody who walks through your door and then throw gasoline on the, on the fire, right? So that's kind yeah. of my, my thoughts and feelings about foot traffic. Yeah. And I think something that I, gosh, like when I think through my clients, so, you know, I've talked a lot about e-commerce, but a big portion of what my company does is like brick and mortar consulting a lot around like their process, the way they're doing things, managing their inventory and their experience. But like, we're not teaching sales. And when I do like even hint at sales, there's like a, because we've all been like, we've all been to that store. Like I, um, in college, like I, yeah, I, in college, I worked at women's, at a women's store, I, whatever. I worked at women's express. And I remember like the amount of like pushiness that I had to, um, like I had to bring a certain amount of items to the dressing room and I had to, um, like, and it didn't matter who I was talking to. Like I had to do these exact same things every single time. Um, and I, so I think there's like a weirdness about sales. Like people don't want to feel like that, like used car person, sale, sale, used car salesperson. Like, what do you say to that person who is like, okay, I love my customer and I love my product, but like they'll find it on their own or like they'll yeah. engage with us. What do you say I, to that? Person? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> because there's a difference between being, um, intentional and being passive. So I think what happens is you're right there. You're absolutely right. There's no training out there for people on how to sell the trainings that are out there are usually by corporate businesses who teach some like very cookie cutter method, do this with every customer, but every customer is unique. And I think the difference that we teach at the complete boutique is the psychology behind selling. Why are we doing what we do? And it's everything from, you know, how engaged you are in the company you're working for to building a lifelong relationship and clients with the people walking through your doors. So I think that that's a major difference. Um, but also I think it can be used as an excuse because people are uncomfortable because they're not taught how to sell. So it's like, Oh, I'll just let them shop. I don't, I don't want to be pushy. It's kind of like the same thing. Uh, when people don't want to ask for emails, they're like, I hate getting emails, but like they should ask for emails. Cause that's how you can convert people online too, you know? 
So we have to like take the way that we shop and everything out of it. And what we really need to do is identify the person and the customer who's walking through the door as a unique person. We shouldn't be greeting them the same way with this, hi, how are you? Or hi, welcome in. Can I help you find anything? We have to treat people very unique because we are unique. We all shop very differently. I don't know about you. Maybe we're similar, (laughs) but I'm the kind of shopper who comes in. I want to be acknowledged, but I don't want to be bombarded. Um, I don't care about all your specials and sales. I literally just walked in the door. I want to look around when I'm ready. I will ask you, I'm looking for this. If I'm on a time crunch, I'm just the kind of shopper that's like that. I'm looking for this. Show me the few things. If you start showing me things that have nothing to do with what I just said, automatically lost my trust and I'm out, you know, or I'm going to shut you down and be like, I'll look. Thanks. Right. I'm just looking. Thank you. And I don't want their help. But the thing is, is you as a sales associate, you know, your product, you should know your product more than anybody. So even though I'm the type of customer who's like, I know what I like. Um, it really shows a lot to me when someone has good product knowledge because they know how it fits. They know if I need to go up or down in a size, they know, you know, like, and that is how you build trust within that too. So the first thing we have to do is, well, the the very big, the biggest mistake I see retailers make is asking two questions and that's, can I help you find anything? And are you looking for anything in particular? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You can go into every store right now, Josh, and you're going to hear that exact phrase. Yeah, 100%. And it drives me insane. Um, But, you know, people don't want to feel pushy. And I think that's like the safe, the safe thing to say. So what do you think? How should, how should that look different? Well, well, I actually think it's very pushy. And I think that's why people say no, or I'm just looking. I think it's a very pushy thing when someone just walks in and you ask them a question. You're a stranger. Like it, it's like, um, you have to think of it as if you're inviting a guest into your home, right? Say you're having this big party at your house and you've got guests coming that maybe you know, or maybe you don't know, or maybe they're bringing a friend. When you open the door, you're not going to be like, uh, hi, nice to meet you. Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, by the way, put your coat here, go grab this. Like, it's just too much. We can't ask these questions off the bat. So my very first suggestion would be just simply say hi. And it's not that I'm behind the register looking down hi. It's an acknowledgement. I've acknowledged that you just walked in. Hello, welcome. You can say welcome, you know, enter your store name, but just a simple acknowledgement. But from there, you, you don't have a question. So I actually think that question is what turns people so far off because they already feel like you're asking so much of me. I just walked in. I may not have been in here. We have to adjust to the environment. Everything from light to distance to sound to smells, we actually have to physically have this adjustment. And the moment I walk in somewhere, if you're asking me a question, I'm just already overwhelmed. Regardless of you know type of personality, most people feel that way from that question. So I actually think that that question is pushy. I think it's just yeah. as pushy as saying, welcome in, let me show you something, you know, cause it is, can I help you find anything? Um, and I think it just comes down to habits. We hear it so often and we do it and it's hard to break habits that we just continue to do the same thing. So I would say, just try saying hi, welcome in. 
give them like at least 30 seconds to a minute to adapt to the store before you start any kind of conversation. And it certainly shouldn't start with a question. Maybe if it is a question, it has nothing to do with your product or why they're there. It's what are you out doing for the day? You know, that's a totally different inviting question or a compliment. Oh, I love your shoes. If you want to break down some barriers right away, compliments can really do that. Because again, it's not, it's not a question. It's not getting them to engage with you. You're still a stranger to them. Yeah. Gosh, I think that is, I mean, what's unique about that is it, like it, you're saying, and I'm like, oh, that's so obvious. But in a lot of ways, like it's so counterintuitive because we, um, like we want to be helpful. And I think of it as um, like my wife and I, you know, you mentioned the party and we love entertaining. And I remember when we first started doing that, like I was super excited about like this, like house cocktail that I made. And so I would walk in and be like, you have to try this. And I'm like leading with this question of like, can I get you this? And they're like, I haven't put down my coat. Like, yeah. what do I do? I mean, you're up North. So in Texas, there was no coat to put down, but they haven't like stopped sweating from being outside yet. Yeah. And they, they need a, m a minute to adjust when it would have been much better. If like, Hey, it's so good to see you. Welcome. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually it moves on mm -hmm. to something a little more helpful. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, so without, like you have a training yes. online, like, I mean, you obviously you have like a product, but you have a free training online that I, um, I did and I loved. Um, and there's a, without giving like the whole thing away, because yeah. I'd love people to go to it. Um, but you talked about like knowing the, per like the, the person and getting an idea of who they are. Yeah. And you use a like brilliant analogy in that. Um, do you mind sharing that? I, I think that would be so beneficial yeah. in helping people identify like, who are they actually talking to? And then how do we figure that out? Especially since we've only just greeted them. Yeah. Um, yes. Without giving away too much, um, for sure, go and check out that class. But I love sharing this. This is one of my favorite things. I honestly... I think about it almost every day and I'm like, this is so simple and brilliant and people get it right away. So what it is, is first of all, people come into anywhere. We're, def we're wired as defensive. We're defensive human beings. So we're already wired with our guard up. Like someone better not ask me that I'm looking for anything. I just want to walk in. Right. So we're already guarded with that. So the ultimate goal is to break that guard. How do we break that guard? Well, the only way we can do that is if we make that person feel comfortable. Who is the, com the person you are most comfortable with? Yourself. Yeah. It's yourself. And so like the, for that example of you um, getting really excited about your beverage, right? Someone that relates to your personality will be like, this is awesome. I can't wait to try it. Someone who's shy is going to be like, oh my God, I just like, what am I doing? I got out of my shell and I came out here to come to this party, right? <laughs> like, so we have to be able to identify who walks in the door in like seven seconds. It's a very quick thing. And so one of the things that I teach about that is they're either one of three personality types. Now, we are much more complicated as human beings. I know this, <laughs> but it's retail and um, you have a very short time with them, a short experience with them to be able to make them feel comfortable. And the way that you can do that is by identifying if they're one of these three types of personalities. And that is, are they a lion, a rabbit or a turtle? So even when you just think about those animals in the wild, I don't have to go into much detail, but when you think about those animals in the wild, they behave very differently. Um, 
I'll give you that example about myself. I like to, I know what I want. I'm very efficient when I shop. I do not go shopping to just wander the stores. I go with an intention. I'm a lion. I'm a very specific lion when I shop. And that's something to recognize too. Maybe you shop different than your personality. We're more uh, intricate than these three things. But when you shop, who are you and how can the associate, you as the sales associate, the owner of the store, how can you adapt to that personality? So let's just say, what do you think? Actually, I'm curious because you went through the class. What do you think you are when you shop? Are you a lion? Oh, I'm for sure a lion. I yeah. know I am. I like, I, I go in and I, I'll say hi, like I'm nice. I'm not a jerk about it, but yeah. I like circle the store. I'm really fast. I don't like look through racks. Like my wife touches everything. I touch nothing yeah. until I'm like, that might work. <laughs> and then I will touch but really just so I can go try it on yeah. and then get out of the store. Yeah. Get what you came for. What do you think your wife is? Oh, uh, she, she's the turtle. Yeah. I think. That's funny. My husband's the turtle too. He, he's actually, he, he doesn't like the time of it, but he's really analytical. And so turtles really like, maybe you mentioned, I'm, I assume she was a turtle because you mentioned she likes to touch everything. Turtles are like that customer who will literally walk in your store and they'll go around and look at everything and then they'll do it again a second time. <laughs> And then yeah. they might leave and then they'll come back two weeks later and remember exactly what they came in for. Um, so we have to recognize these personalities because we're all unique and different. So if you and I are a lion and we're on the sales floor and a turtle comes in, what do you think? Like, and I just say, hi, welcome in. Can I help you find anything? I start off with my confidence, right? That turtle's going to be like, oh my God, I'm scared. I'm going to be eaten. And they're out. <laughs> You know, and I think that this, you can literally, anybody listening to this right now, you can literally in your head, think of customers under these three categories. You could probably, if you keep track of your clients, start writing their line, their rabbit, their turtle, because what that sh should do is change the way you behave with them. If a turtle walked in, I am going to still be confident, but I'm going to totally change my energy and how I approach that customer. I'm certainly not going to beeline walk right to them right? Because again, a, shell's gonna, a turtle's going to go in their shell. Let's say that they're a rabbit. If a rabbit walks in, they're high energy. I'm going to, it's going to take me effort because I'm not, tip, I'm a nice person too, but I'm not typically super chit chatty when I shop. Um, but rabbits are. So I'm going to take time to chit chat before I jump into the product where a lion's going to be like, no, I want to go to the product right now. Show me what I need. <laughs> so yeah. if we can identify who's walking in the door to ultimately let their guard down, we can service them in a, in a completely different way than I know people are doing right now. We're doing the same thing with the same people and that's with our personality. And most likely we're having a lot of success with the personality types that are ours. Um, that we relate to. And that's when we're like, we had such a good sale. That was awesome because you related. Um, but if we can adapt and this isn't mimicking mockery, this isn't like making fun of people's personalities, yeah. it's just simply doing certain psychological things in your tone of voice, how you move everything to make them feel comfortable. And ultimately that's what you want them to do. And then when they're comfortable, then, then when you ask, well, what brings you in today? And they're like, well, I was looking for a dress for a wedding awesome. Guess what? Their guard's down and now I know exactly. Now, do I all of a sudden change my energy and start showing them? Every, like, I still recognize their personality and how I show them product will still match that personality. If I were to take a turtle into a fitting room 
and bombard their fitting room with tons of clothing all over, right? All these things that they didn't even say they wanted, they're going to be so overwhelmed. They may not even try anything on. You know those, I, I, you know the people I'm talking about because it's the people that maybe you threw a bunch of stuff in the fitting room and then you know they didn't try it on. They didn't try it on because it's all perfectly still hung, hung up because they're so overwhelmed and they just maybe wanted that one thing. And I think ultimately why people uh, don't do this is because owners are constantly breathing down the neck of sales associates. Like, go help that person. Why aren't you helping them? Like, well, because I already recognize they're a turtle. I already said hello. I already welcomed them in. It doesn't mean you say hello and walk behind and do your task mm -hmm. and ignore them. Again, it's not about being passive. You have to be intentional. But it's that you're adjusting to that person's way of shopping differently. And so as owners, if you're listening to this, like there has to be, definitely go through the training, but there has to be a level of not everybody should be treated the same. Not yeah. everybody should be um, talked to the same with the same conversation that it's just habits because we're all different and unique. So. Yeah. Gosh, that reminds me, your thing with the, the dressing room reminds me of a funny story where um, I was out with my wife and her parents and I don't remember why, like this was before we lived in Houston, so we were visiting them and I really, we were like at a Mexican restaurant right next to a Nordstrom Rack. And so I asked to go into Nordstrom Rack and my father-in-law for some reason agreed. Like he hates shopping. Um, the way that they do everything is um, that my wife like buys stuff, takes it home, he tries it on and then she returns what he doesn't like. Otherwise he's perfectly content to wear things that are 20 years old. Yeah. Which is so funny. So we're in Nordstrom Rack and he finds a pair of pants that he's like, oh, I like these. I'm going to go try them on. My mother-in-law sees it and literally like within five minutes comes in with a stack. Like I, I, I'm putting, holding my hands like 12 inches apart, a stack and throws it over the door. And it's like, Hey, can you just try these on? He quit trying on the pants, put his outfit back on. It was like, Hey, we should just go. Mm -hmm. He was so overwhelmed because he, he is the turtle and she's like the rabbit, mm -hmm. you know, just like, she's hopping like around. Oh boy, my husband's trying on stuff. This is my opportunity to get him to wear all the things I want. And I can throw out his old shirts and the ripped up jeans. Right. Like she's just so excited, yeah. but he's a turtle. And maybe she should have taken that um, opportunity to just nurture the one pair of jeans. Because the thing with turtles, people tend to think like, uh, there's anything negative with these personalities and same with the Enneagram. There's nothing negative about these personalities. It's just different ways that we behave. But the thing with the turtle is they're really, really, really loyal. When they feel comfortable and enough to open up, they'll come back because it's really hard for them to expend, expand their energy. I kind of think maybe turtles are five um, on the Enneagram, but it, they, it takes time for them to like really exert that energy into that. So in that case, you know, the, is it your mother-in-law you said yeah. you know she should have just been like oh man well will you come out let me see them you know let me see them on you make sure it's the right if you need anything and and he would have been like I like these maybe you know and like this is nice or actually do you need this size and just focus on that one item then from there you might be able to present a different question or see a different need of well that looks really good maybe you need a belt like you can always upsell to any personality the only way you can do that is when you've built that relationship and trust the moment you haven't the moment you say oh i just came off really salesy and pushy it's because you didn't build the relationship 
But if you built a relationship, there should be never a time that it feels like sleazy that I just suggested a belt with that pair of jeans or a top or a shoe or whatever that is. And I think that's what it comes down to. You can only build that relationship when you actually start to understand and recognize the person who's in front of you. Yeah, gosh, I think that's great. And I think it, like where a lot of times that comes from, like the, the really pushy person, you know, you said we tend to sell like our personalities, um, like someone who's like confident and pushy, maybe they are so passionate about what they're selling. Yeah. It's, it doesn't come from like a malicious place. Like they're just so excited about what they have. And they're like, that top looks so good with this, this pair of jeans or this bottom or the skirt or whatever that they then are like, well, I just need to bring the whole outfit. Like, of course they want that. Um, or the turtle might be the person who, like as a salesperson, it's like, I don't want to bug. And I think where you're just hitting the nail on the head is like how much it will transform a, a retail business's business. I mean, everything. It's it gonna- will transform their sale right away. The, avoiding those two things, asking the wrong questions and recognizing the customer who walks in can transform their sale right away. And I mentioned this on my free class. A woman was taking my class. She's on the sales floor as many retailers, retailers are, and she had to stop like halfway through. And so she just was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to try this technique differently. I'm going to approach this customer differently than I normally would. She made a 24 or $2,500 sale. I like, it's possible. And, and when there's so much focus for retailers on other things, it's, it just, it's possible to increase your sales without more foot traffic, without an online store. Yes. Those things will help and can be additional like legs of your business. But if you can't sell in your brick and mortar, if you can't build that relationship, you're not going to see those sales increase. And I can tell you that I've used these techniques. I've been in retail over 22 years. I've used these techniques techniques for a very long time. And it doesn't matter where you are in your, um, in society, as far as like, maybe, uh, maybe the economy is not doing well in your city or in your country, right? It doesn't matter where you are. I still believe that you can make sales. Um, there was, there's never been a time I was with the store, um, in the great recession in 2009. And that was really, truly when the landscape was changing for lots of different mm-hmm. businesses. Right. And I was like seeing all of these people on my block, just like close, 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 but we were seeing record growth. And I believe, uh, and I was strategically placed in a couple different stores that were suffer- suffering. And within a few short months, I was able to turn around all three of those stores to being some of the highest producing in the nation. And I believe it came down to, we didn't ask those questions. We didn't assume anything. Like we didn't assume someone's there to spend money or not spend money. We just were there to help and adapt to them. But um, we really built these client relationships and this trust so significantly that it didn't matter what was happening around us. It It didn't define us. I think we can, we tend to as retailers and business owners, we let other things define what our success is. Um, but you get to define that. And, and I just think there's so much opportunity. I, I, there's so many people that will be like, oh, but there's stores closing all around me. You know what? Maybe they needed to close. Maybe they weren't profitable. Maybe they weren't adjusting or pivoting. But do I think that it was inevitable? No, no, I don't. Do I think that, like, you know, we work with retailers who are making multiple millions of dollars a year. And so when people are like, retail's dying and I don't know what to do, I'm just like, try not, like, just, just try doing something different. It's not going to hurt. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like it, I, it's so hard. You know, I go into like two different kinds of businesses, like 
let's assume that things aren't going well. And normally that that's going one of two directions. And this is actually, I think, planned for next week's podcast. So if you're listening to this way in the future, then you can just go to the next episode and it's all going to make sense. But um, it, as it goes one of two directions, it either goes to someone who um, blames external things. It's the economy. The um, weather. It, it's my salespeople, my team. Um, you know, this vendor just, you know, I was really trusting them and they went downhill and they don't accept responsibility. And then the other, and these are the people that now that I've been in this long enough, like, gosh, like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, I was hearing this. And the ones that are now doing well are the ones that said, okay, but what if this, like, what if I did this? What if I did this? Okay. This part clearly wasn't working. They were willing to look inside and say, okay, well, what can I change and what can I do different? And like, if you're hearing this and you're hearing the, like the three things that idea resonates, um, like I can't encourage you enough. You know, I, I did Janine's training and I thought it was so good and her free training, you can, uh, we're, well, if you're on YouTube, that will be uh, linked below. If you are listening to the podcast, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but you can get to it at thecompleteboutique.com. Um, and what I love about the free training is that there's so much value packed into it. Um, and, and, you know, she'll talk about like a full program that you can go through. Um, and I, I love those. But even if you just attend the free training, I think the value that you get um, will be incredible. And yeah. like, gosh, like you can take those things and just from that, that training, be able to take, like even just listening to this, like you can take those three things and think, okay, how could I reframe my strategy with those three things? And you could literally like just from this episode, rework a ton, um, but your training takes that a step further. And um, you know, your program, the thing that I love about those is um, you could take the free training, you can take those ideas and implement them. And I truly believe um, there's so many free resources out there that you can do. Um, what I love about programs is to me, they take you like two years down the road of, of learning the mistakes that, that you otherwise would have made. Um, and so I know you're not here to like sell your program or anything. Like before we were recording, you were like, I just want to talk about retail. Like, That's all I want to do. Like retail or the Enneagram or both. Um, I, that's all I want to do is talk about that. Um, but this is really something that I believe in. And I, I think the, the world of your program and, and what you're doing, um, gosh, like if brick and mortar, you know, people talk about like where online is the future. And it's weird as a, the owner of a company that like designs and develops e-commerce stores, I still don't think that it's the solution for a ton of brick and mortar businesses. And I love that your, that your message is not like, let's drive a ton of traffic and let's get new foot traffic in. Although that's important too, it really has to be first and foremost around like, what are we doing with the traffic that comes in? Mm -hmm. um, so if you were to leave, which I have a few more things for you, but yeah. if you were to leave them with like a final thought on that, like on retail sales, and if they were to right now, like turn around to their team and say like, all right, here's the one thing that we're going to do. What's that? What's that one thing that you would leave with them that if they learned, heard anything, this would be the big thing that they heard from you today. Don't ask a question the moment a customer walks in. I think that thing alone, that it seems so simple. I know 
even if it's a hi, how are you? That still comes off like we're like, oh, I'm fine. You don't even know me. I just walked in. So um, I would say that that would be the number one thing that I see. Just try welcoming someone in. Don't walk directly up to them and, and say hi. Like you can walk at angles. You can grab something, do a project, whatever, but simply welcome them in and don't ask a question right away. I think that that's going to increase the, the chances of success significantly. So that would be my one thing. I know that it seems so simple. Um, and I would love if they take the free class and get anything from it. I, I know people are taking the free class and implementing the strategies and making sales. Like that's, that to me is a win. Now, if they join the program, of course, and that has a lot, I go into so much depth in that and, and every step of the transaction, but like my entire, it would make my entire day that they listen to this podcast, take the free class and go make a sale because I think it shows what we're really capable of and we're capable of so much more. I think our potential is endless. And um, so I would say if there's one thing you could turn to your team right now, it'd be like, don't, don't say this. Um, you know, don't ask a question. Uh, welcome them in, give them some time to adapt before you start engaging a conversation. And again, it probably shouldn't be a yes or no question. It should be an open-ended question. What brings you out today? What are you guys out doing? this afternoon or this Sunday, like make it specific and start a conversation, start a conversation and read their personality to see if you, if they're interested in furthering the conversation and if they kind of bite. And then, then there's lots of different ways that you can present product once you've built that relationship. But I think the biggest mistake I'm like, Oh, if I hear this question one more time, I'm like, it breaks my heart. Cause I know that it's exactly what is making people turn right around and out the door. And going online uh, recently on one of my videos on addressing customers who are just looking uh, people were commenting like I don't shop in brick and mortar in, anymore I hate the pushy sales feeling and I, I don't think it's because the, the pushiness is coming from oh I have to sell you something I think the pushiness is coming from I have to I have to I'm supposed to say hi and then I'm supposed to ask you what you're looking for um, there's one store in particular here in my town and it's a nationwide store, but, um, every section has a person dedicated and you will walk by every single section and they'll say the same thing. You find everything. Okay. All of these things are just, we spew out because we're supposed to make contact with a customer, but that's not the way we do it. We're like, yes, we're finding everything. And then you'll walk like 10 feet into the next section. Are you finding everything? Okay. Like, and then you just want to leave. So I think people are fed up with the inconvenience and they're fed up with that, that feeling that the convenience of online is more desirable, even though I don't think the experience online can at all touch what you can do for someone in a store. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice. I think that is fantastic. So um, gosh, if you're listening to this, I hope, you know, first that you can begin to think through what this looks like for your store. Um, but again, you can go check her free training out. It's at the completeboutique.com. The word the is in front of that or the is in front of that. Um, but it's the completeboutique.com and it's also linked below and in the show notes. Um, before we go, I'd love for you to highlight, you have a new podcast. I do. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you. Um, I was thinking for a long time about doing a retail podcast, but I think what ultimately my heart is, is when it comes to the profit. And so my husband and I, have been developing a company and some products and things for the last few years. And finally just were like, all right, it's time. It's time. So it is called our money life. And we talk about how to 
open your financial potential so that you can make in big income and big impact. I really think that that money is that discussion we don't talk about, right? It's like, you don't talk about sex, politics, religion, sports, right? Like, but we should talk about money. It's something that we're all spending most of our majority of our day working towards or paying off or whatever that looks like. And so this is how my husband and I have decided to kind of start the launch of that was just to start sharing our conversation of what we've learned. And we have multiple businesses, we invest in real estate. Um, and so it's just a great platform to have a real money talk, but a different money talk too. One that isn't just, you have to cut out your coffees, you have to pay, you know, only use cash out of envelopes. It's a different conversation. Um, we believe that debt is an incredible, or using debt can be an incredible asset if used correctly. And money can be an incredible tool if used correctly. So that's sort of the things that we share on the podcast. Thanks so much for letting me share that. Yeah. And where can people find that? Our money life. So they can get that anywhere. We're on iHeartRadio, iTunes. Uh, gosh, there's so many. I don't even know. There's like seven platforms. I don't even know. I'm like, isn't it just all on iTunes? I had no idea. Um, and then we'll have a website up soon. Uh, we're just revamping it right now and it will be ourmoneylife.com. Cool. So if you're listening to the future, you can go to ourmoneylife.com or you can just search for it in whatever you're listening to this podcast on. Um, we'll also link that below. So I hope that you check that out. Um, and again, if you at all are interested in increasing sales without having to worry about increasing your foot traffic in your store, um, I can't recommend this training enough. Like, I even changed some of like the way that I'm doing consulting with my businesses, with my clients after that training, I, I got so much from it and I'm like one of the expert people. Um, so thank you for the work that you put into that. So that's at the complete boutique.com. Um, next week, I can't wait for you to join us, but, um, again, Zudine, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Um, so thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Have a good one.